Hello, everybody, and welcome to the James Harrison episode of the Still City Insider Podcast. And what an episode it is today. Number 92, Jim, the Steelers are in the postseason. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's it. You know, what's funny is you sent me a text. I think I got it the next morning. It said, yes! <laughs> yeah. It's an extra week of work, man. Yeah. No. Puts food on the table. Yep. Trying to be cool and calm and collected, but it, it's great. It's a great story. It's a it's a great story, but if you look at the national media, uh, the Steelers being 10-point dogs here, traveling into Buffalo, 1 p.m. game, which is great, but just listen to some of these references to the Steelers team in terms of their their prospects of winning this weekend. Uh, you had Chris Brockman, who's on the Rich Eisman show, say that the Steelers are going to get smacked. Stephen Smith, who's a Steelers fan, saying that this playoff berth is fool's gold. And Pete Prisco, uh, who says about the Steelers, they are a bad team and have absolutely no business being in the playoffs. What say you, Mr. Wexel? My man, I, I've been watching them the last three weeks. You know, they had three poor weeks before that, but they had no quarterback play. So uh, they beat up some bad defenses, and Baltimore's defense, even with their all their starters, is kind of soft against the run if you look at the last eight games. Uh, so, I mean, they can have their minor points. The Steelers have been bad at times, but I don't know. They seem to be gelling right now, and the offensive line is playing much better. They have a ground game. Um, they're getting their safeties back, and um, uh, they have a, a, some kind of passing game. I mean, uh, Mason, he, he had some flaws in his last game, although 18 of 20. I know it was all short stuff, but still, he, he made some big gaffes that he overcame with a 71-yard touchdown pass. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bills are going to have a lot of pressure on them. I'm going to guess that those same guys, Pete Prisco and his pals, they uh, said the San Diego Chargers had no business being in the AFC championship game in 1994 when the Steelers were, I think, like 11-point favorites or something. You know, the, the Steelers are 11-point dogs to the Colts with Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're a big dog like that, you can play loose. You really don't have anything to lose. Mm-hmm. Of course, except your season. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, there's a tightening that can be on the uh, hat on the other side, especially in front of a fan base that has seen them choke many, many, many things away. Mm -hmm. And it could be a here, here we go all, all over again. Then again, it could be a madhouse. They're coming home from Miami. They're finally playing up to their potential, maybe. I mean, they didn't in Miami, but maybe they will now. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the intangibles for the Steelers and, and to go along with their playing good football. Yeah. Yep. So we have a full week of preparation here for the team to get ready for this contest, the most important one of the year against a great opponent. And Mike Tomlin, as he does on Tuesday, had his presser where he's getting getting ready for, for the game. And, and he named Mason Rudolph as a starter. Uh, but – Jim, are we getting a sense that Tomlin's not excited about Mason's performances? It seems like when he when he talks about Rudolph, it's just very matter of fact. Yeah, he did a nice job. Um, any takes on that? 
I, you know, I've heard that on our message board and I was hearing it on the radio today. I don't buy it. I, I, I think he's just being, he's being as efficient as Mason is. And I, I didn't take some of his descriptions as uh, mediocre, not derogatory. That's not what people are saying, but just unexcited. I didn't, I don't take it that way. I, I also have to look at the fact, you know, he said uh, he's going with the hot hand. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if he'd have went with uh, uh, Pickett, there'd be outrage everywhere. Mm-hmm. But he's saying he went with the uh, the hot hand as if it was a decision. But I, I think he's just – this is the realization that Mason Rudolph's a free agent. And Kenny Pickett is the young first-round draft pick who he – Tomlin, in a, in, a, in a poor year for Kenny all the way around, uh, all the way, professionally, personally, physically – uh, he wants to build his confidence. Mason doesn't need his confidence built. I mean, look what he's been through. Yeah. So uh, I, I think Tomlin wants Kenny to know he's still in mind. He isn't losing this. So um, I think that has a lot to do with it. Mason doesn't need Mason doesn't need all that. You know, not, not like Eric Rowe and uh, Miles Jack guys that came off the couch. That's that's coming from nowhere. Mason yeah. was on the team all year. He's been with the team. I, I don't – I think people are looking too much, too far into that. You know, back in uh, 92, Cowher's first year, um, Neil O'Donnell got hurt. And and I've often compared Mason's upside to Neil O'Donnell. And Neil got hurt for the last three games. Bobby Brister stepped in. They lost two, but then they played very well in the finale and beat Cleveland. And then um, Cower went back to O'Donnell, and they lost, I think it was 24-3 to to Buffalo, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. So this time they're not going to make that mistake. You know, Bubby, Bubby still is, has bitterness about that, and he talked to me about it. I put a chapter in my book, uh, Men of Steel, about it. And uh, he thought the rest of the team was shocked that they went back to O'Donnell. And, but so we're getting the opposite here. So it's not always cut and dried. I know the Steelers won three in a row and that Steelers team went, went one and two, mm-hmm. but it's, it was a similar dynamic. And, uh, um, you know, Mason, uh, Mason's an easy choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, we have a big game obviously coming up this Sunday, but let's talk about next year. Did this performance in Baltimore again against backups, but still a pretty formidable unit? Did that secure him returning to camp next year to compete for a spot? Do you think he'll get another contract uh, in Pittsburgh? Or how do you see that playing out? What has he done for you lately? I mean, you ask yourself that's next month, next Tuesday. We'll talk about this on our next podcast. Yeah. Because every game's, you know, if he if he has a really bad game in a bad situation, there's no priority. If he has a really good game, other teams are going to be interested. Mm-hmm. And if you sign him back in that scenario, you will probably have to make him the starter because you'll be paying him some good money, decent money. Mm-hmm. Not Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson kind of money, if those free agents. But this is a low-value, uh, high-upside Fairly high upside. We've been watching the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a decent value pick uh, for another team, Atlanta Falcons, something like that. Yeah. Uh, or a team that's going to draft a rookie quarterback and Mason can come in. But I, I don't I, I don't think you can really say until after the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing that I did want to note uh, 
today about Rudolph's performance last weekend. It was the first time uh, in, in these three games that he started where I saw, and I use this term, I forget when, maybe season two, where I, I referred to Rudolph's pocket illiteracy, the his difficulty in feeling the pressure. I did see some of that where um, it felt like he should have been more responsive to knowing that he had uh, rushers coming after him. Um, so I, I did see some of that and just also forcing, you know, some of those two incompletions that he had, but still <laughs> his, his accuracy, I know he didn't throw down the field much. His accuracy on the majority of his passes is so precise. That's to me, one of the biggest differences that I see he, that one little screen pass Jalen Warren between defenders. I don't know how he stuck that. And there was another pass to Jalen Warren right before the back-to-back strip sacks that uh, um, Van Noy was hanging on his arm, and he still threw a uh, – it was only seven yards uh, pass, but it was a nice pass, gained some yardage, and put him in field goal range until he got strip sacked. And even on the one fumble, it looked like he was trying to push the ball to somebody, but the ball slipped out of his hand. So mm-hmm. I don't know that that was as much pocket awareness as – you know, block these guys for another second, maybe, fellas. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, he had some old school Mason moments, but I mean, I guess all quarterbacks do that. Yep. Yep. Two, three. Yeah. Yeah. And moving on in the presser. So TJ Watt has been ruled out for this weekend's contest, which is a, a bummer just being how well he's played and contributed to the success of, of the team and kept them in position to make it into the playoffs. And now that there, there's going to have to be a rotation to make up for his loss. How do you see Golden and, and Herbig uh, partnering to to fill TJ's shoes just even minimally? It's a shame because, you know, they were going to move Herbig to inside linebacker this week. <laughs> oh, I, I knew it was coming. But uh, I, I see Marcus Golden getting the start. He's a better all-around player. He's better against the run. Herbig, uh, you know, they can pick their spots with him. I don't know that I don't know that he's weak against the run. But he's not not as heavy as Golden, and he doesn't play with as good a hands as Golden. Better pass rusher, but Golden's not a bad pass rusher. Yeah. So I look for Golden to get the start and uh, Nick to rotate in. Yeah. And I was telling you before we got on here, I went back and uh, I didn't watch the whole game, so I won't give myself that much credit. But I did watch the highlights from the Steelers uh, Buffalo preseason game. That was the the second game of preseason dress rehearsal. Um, the Bills played their starters. Nick Herbig. Made some pretty big plays there and, and recorded a sack of uh, of Allen. So I just want to put that out there, that he's a guy that I'll be watching this weekend. We also got some other good injury news. Minka Fitzpatrick's going to be back this weekend. Maybe that'll help compensate for uh, the loss of Watt. But also, DeMonte Casey's coming off uh, the uh, from his suspension, so that should help bolster this defense. Yeah, I mean, Minka definitely helps bolster the defense. He can cover the tight end, who's a pretty good tight end for Buffalo. Uh, Joey can, uh, oh, they can do whatever they want with digs, but Joey will be a big part of that. I'm sure. And, uh, um, the Casey, they're going to see if he's in shape because Rose playing so well, Rose 29 tackles in three games. Yeah. Now I, we all, we all see Patrick Peterson uh, missing a tackle here and there and say, you know, look, he's a skinny little, he's a skinny converted corner. Well, Rose a converted corner too. Mm-hmm. But it's in the last four years or so, he's been a strong safety, but and he plays like a strong safety. But he had 12 tackles last week, punched a ball out, picked off a pass in his first inter- in his first game, 
had had a pick go right through his hands in the second game. Hmm. He, you know, he easily could have had a, a turnover in each game that he's played with 29 tackles. Do you just yank him out? I think I think Casey's really going to have to run the four minute mile here. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, you have your three safety package, which they love so much. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a good problem to have getting healthy uh, on the defensive side of the ball in some areas. Uh, and, still, still beat up, and Peterson can move back to corner. Yeah, which, that's my assumption. I mean, first practice is Wednesday. And this is Tuesday, so mm-hmm. yep. Uh, so that takes us to the game, Jim. Uh, early thoughts, takes on how the Steelers team matches up. Uh, what do you think the game plan will be? What do you think Buffalo is going to try to do? I, I haven't broken it all down. I'm, I'm hoping they can go back to that tried and true playoff method of using the pass to open up the run. Then you get the run game going, and then it's hard to stop. And mm-hmm. if they creep back up, then you can hit with the pass. Because Mason should be able to overcome this crowd. Mm-hmm. You should be able to handle it after what they've been through, Seattle and Baltimore back-to-back. So I don't, I don't know that there will be an overwhelming overwhelm factor. There's also the factor 10-point dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to go in looser than, a, than the Bills, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, especially if they hang around, and they can hang around. I haven't done a full breakdown, handicapping wise, of what how Buffalo's been playing. I know they didn't play well last week and still won. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I can't be specific, and maybe we'll do another podcast this week and and figure that all out. But uh, yeah. right now, I like the intangibles with the Steelers. I like Mason Rudolph's ability to open up the run with the pass game. Because you know, they start coming out with the run, you know, toss right to Najee for minus two. And then you're like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Buffalo is not going to be as soft as these other teams they've been playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll try to get on here again to, to do a little bit more in-depth preview. But one question I want to ask you, just so in, in your experience of covering Steelers teams for as long as you have in, in the NFL – you know, when you have teams that are in this role of the massive underdog, not having a chance, uh, 10 points, the, the national media saying there's no chance. What what have you seen the impact that that's had on the players uh, in, in terms of their their emotional approach to the game? And then what have you seen in, in performances when when teams are counted out like this? Well, like I referenced before, the Steelers were 11-point dogs. I think it was 11. 11-point dogs to the Colts in 2005. That was a much better Steelers team, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were confident. And they were loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a more daunting task that that Peyton Manning-led offense was, was really good, really good, really uh, precise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the Chargers in 94. I wasn't covering the team, but the Steelers uh, – that was an AFC championship game too. And the Steelers were talking about making a, a video, a Super Bowl shuffle type video. And uh, so you could tell where their heads were at. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, Buffalo, Buffalo's gonna be tough, no doubt. Yeah. But I like the intangibles. I, I just like the loose feeling that they're gonna have. Okay. So that that loose feeling, we'll see how that translates into play this coming Sunday. And like Jim said, we'll be back this week for another episode. So you're getting two shots of the still city insider podcast this week we're going to break down all the matchups in the game give you our takes on how we see things playing out and uh we'll we'll have a date announcement when that's coming here later this week 
Uh, but Jim, I think that's going to do it for 92, unless you have anything else you want to point out. Yeah, I just want to point out the uh, what the media is saying about the Steelers' chances. You know, uh, Washington and Michigan played yesterday, and I was in the media room, Mike Pursuta, and I said, uh, you know, we are talking about what do you, who do you think will win tonight? Because Mike, he's a Michigan State guy, so he wanted anybody to win except Michigan. So he's looking for all the angles. And he looked up ESPN had uh, like 75% of their – um, analysts predicted a Washington win. And so that excited Mike and excited mm-hmm. another guy in the room. And I said, that's not good. We like Washington. We, we don't want 75% of the media picking our team. That's, that's, that's public, you know, yeah. that's a, a public play. And sure enough, they got blown out. So when you tell me all the, the, the big shot media guys love the bills, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So so things are looking promising, but we've got a, a, a long ways to go before we get to, to Sunday. I know this is like Christmas time for me. I can't wait. Uh, but Jim, that's going to do for, for episode 92. Like you said, we'll be back here again this week. Check out Jim's work on the Still City Insider. Give him a follow at Jim Wexel on X. It's not Twitter anymore. I have to remind myself of that. Um, and we will see you back here for the Joel Steed episode 93 all right take care everyone 93 i'm pretty sure he's 93 well let's go with the jason worlds episode all right jason worlds there we go i know he was all right brother take care all right take care jim see you